Tom Bernard Show with Blackmaster of FMD. Andy Brant Bernard. Cassie Schrader. And Catherine will be here. She's at the dentist, but she'll be here. And we'll be right back. Kristen Burke joins us right after this Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience. And working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we pay the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the... Oh, and I need, I need to explain to the uh, podcast listeners that I've lost 77 pounds and I stopped drinking caffeine. And the result of that so far has been my voice is much deeper. <laughs> it's <laughs> It's, I guess it's because of, do you think it's because the muscles are relaxed or something? Yeah, or there's a thing, your uh, vocal cords may vibrate to just at a lower frequency. Now. I guess. Yeah, as a result of all that. Well, when you, I mean, if you take caffeine out of your diet, yeah. you're slowing down your blood flow because it's yeah. not a stimulant. So you just kind of. <laughs> Honest to God, this morning at 5.37, kicking off the KQ Morning Show, it's like. <laughs> Good morning. You're back back at the hip-hop station. Yeah, I'm back at the hip-hop station. That's exactly it. Um, Is is Kristen with us? Kristen, how are you? I'm here. Yeah, it's really weird. My voice changed because I lost a bunch of weight and I don't drink caffeine anymore. Were you snoring when you were at a heavier weight? Mm, Catherine said I was, but I don't have... I, I went through sleep analysis and I don't have any... Any problems going to sleep, but I suppose because I was at heavier weight, I would snore, yeah. But now I probably don't. Yep. Yeah, you yeah, get oftentimes l- that goes away, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. you get a little Pickwickian. As, as you get, carry extra weight, you're a little bit Pickwickian. What's Pickwickian? Pickwickian is named after a uh, Charles Dickens character in, oh, 
was it uh, Oliver uh, uh, Pickwick? Uh, was uh, he, he was a character who was heavy and uh, would fall asleep and uh, snore a lot. No, couldn't there you breathe. Go. Yeah. So what I'm going to do, Kristen, is I'll probably be leaving the show to go on the road with an R and B band. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait. When are you stopping in L.A.? <laughs> no, I don't know. Well, I have to get the group together. But the first song we're going to do is Kiss and Say Goodbye because I get to go, I'll call you here today for a bit of bad news. You ever heard that song? Mm-mm. It's a great R&B song. This guy with a really deep voice goes, and the, my favorite thing is he goes, I called you here today for a bit of bad news. You and I can no longer be together because of your obligations. Oh no! Because of your because of your ties and my obligations. <laughs> <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's a great song by the Manhattans. Yeah, the group's called the Manhattans. So you know, and I think I could play Chef on uh, South Park too. Chef. <laughs> <laughs> I could play Chef on. Hey, how you doing today, kids? Wasn't that Isaac Hayes it that was. voiced him? Yeah. And then of course, well. why why did he get killed? Chef got killed, got massacred in South Park. Do you remember why? I don't. Because he got really mad because they were making fun of Scientology. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. I mean, he was a Scientologist. Yeah. 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 Oh, he was. He yeah. passed away. He said, he, I'm mad at them and I quit. They massacred his character. <laughs> I mean, it was hilarious. That's one way to do it. Yes, that is one way to do it. So um, well, i got a vacation coming up and I can go to several movies. So i got to find out. Now, Hereditary, I do want to see. I want to see. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed because I wanted to see Superfly, but I heard it's terrible. Terrible, yeah. And, and you had a bunch of things uh, on the list. I feel like we had five movies last week. Did you see any of them? No, not yet. Because I literally, yesterday, I got up at 2 o'clock in the morning and I got home last night at 9 o'clock. I was a little busy. But it's been that way. What were way. you doing? Well, everything from... Uh, you know, doing this show, doing the morning show. I, I did a voiceover. I did uh, some listener, KQ listener stuff, and then went to a, a birthday party last night for a for a close friend. Started out being Catherine's friend, and then I really like her husband. So we went to her birthday party last night, had a great time. And it's funny because he and his brothers are all weightlifters, and those are the people I used to hang out with all the time. It's just hilarious. Really nice people. All of them were very nice. But, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, you have, I have those. Well, whenever there's a vacation coming up, and I always take my vacations around major national holidays, um, I get really, really busy the few days before the vacation. That's just how it is. That's how life works. I'll be fine. Don't worry about me. But I do want to see The Incredibles 2. I heard Incredibles 2 is fantastic. So good. It's one of my favorites so far this year, like out of the whole year of all the movies I've seen so far. Um, I know you will not be going to Ant-Man and the Wasp because that's another Marvel film. Well, I, you know what? That was pretty funny, though, because I did go see Deadpool 2 and I hurt the Ant-Man I thought was pretty funny. I mean, it wasn't over the top funny, but we'll see. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So it was good. It was not great, but it was good. It's good. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. I'm not a huge Marvel fan. I, I know all the Marvel no. fans are going to go anyway, regardless of whether of whatever I say. Yeah. Um, because yeah. they want to continue the story. I totally get it. I understand completely. So, uh, let's see. It's Incredibles 2. It's Hereditary. It's um, Hotel Artemis. I've heard it's terrible, but I love Jodie Foster. I think she's a mm-hmm. great actor. She's a great actor. 
So have you seen that? Uh, no, I did not. Yeah, I, mean, I got to go. If Jodie Foster's in it, I usually will go see it because I really like her a lot. The job she did in, um, what the hell was it, that Hannibal movie, what was it called again? Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. She was unbelievable. And that one where she's raped at the beginning, she was um, incredible. The accused. The accused, right, exactly. She was incredibly good in that movie. So you know. Yeah, when I grew up, that was a big case because uh, it came out of Massachusetts. It was a really big case. Yeah, I, I remember yeah, that. It was at a, like a bowling alley or a, or a bar with a bunch of pinball. It was a bar, there. and I believe she was raped on a pool table. Yeah, on a pool gang table. Rape. That's Super right. Sad. Yep, on a, and it's a true story. But um, you know, I got to run something by you and Cassie, who's here. Catherine's not here yet. She's at the dentist. She's going to be here, but she's not here yet. I was talking to Ralph about this earlier. There's a woman named Catherine Karsten who wrote an article, an opinion piece for the Star Tribune, and she just asked the question, how can you have the hashtag MeToo movement when you're the exact same women who love hip-hop, which is all about abusing women, yeah, calling them real. bitches and whores? How can you have both? I mean, how does, it, does that make any sense to you, Cassie? No, it doesn't. I mean, how about, how about you, Kristen? No, I completely agree. I mean, I think that there are a lot of oxymorons when it comes to the mm -hmm. uh, Me Too movement, honestly. And, um, you know, I, even in the Me Too movement, uh, taking on an even more basic level, why are we watching The Bachelor? I don't watch The Bachelor, but no, I'm saying, like, no. why are women crazy over it if you are then asking for all of this equality? And don't tell me The Bachelorette is, like, a great way. You know, <laughs> oh, we get equality with The Bachelorette. I don't think no. you do. I think that these shows are so manipulative. Um, and fake, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I, I just, I really wish, first of all, Ralph and I were talking before the show started about uh, we don't understand how any man could enjoy forcing himself on a woman anyway. How is that gratifying in any way, shape, or form? I don't, but I guess if that's the way your brain's wired, it's the way it's wired. But It's uh, a power thing, I think, in general, if you take a look at the psychology of rape. Why do and, you need that power? Um, to have power over women. But why would you need like, that? Because probably they feel so insignificant everywhere else in their life. That's the one thing yep. they can control. Yeah, there you go. But they don't have any power over anything else. Don't have power over men. Don't have power over yeah. anything. May or may not have a relationship uh -oh. with a woman. And they're Turtle pretty, doves here. Uh, here okay. Mm -hmm. Shh, quiet. She's here. <laughs> <laughs> Stop talking about Catherine. She's here. She has, uh, Jude was out for about an hour and a half, so he's, he's happy. Puppy. He was a good boy. And honest to God, he looked at me because I said, Jude, I got to get up. And he goes right to his kennel and goes, oh, I got to go back to my kennel. <laughs> he doesn't know coming. when he's supposed to get in there. I can see. We were just talking about the, the uh, Catherine Carson's article in the Star Tribune the other day about how can you be in pot, you know, pro hashtag me too, and yet your favorite music is about abusing women and calling them bitches and whores. There's a lot of hypocrisy in society. Yeah, a lot. Across the board, men and women, I understand well, But the that. problem is, is it, you know, we've got such a, such a herd mentality on all of this yeah, stuff. Yeah, we it's, do. You know. It's a hypocrisy or inconsistency. It's just an inconsistent kind of yeah. thing. So, if, you know, there should be a criticism of, of the things that, uh, you know, objectify women or men. I mean, objectification of a person for sexuality, and you know, it's just you know, just not a positive thing, particularly in a professional situation. Yeah, well, I mean, as a woman, you see all this stuff. You're like, okay, our so a woman that dresses provocatively, so she's, you know, you're like, you should be able to dress any way you want, and right. people shouldn't bother right. you. But when they 
do dress provocatively, they're looking for, are they looking for attention in that manner? Probably. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but you really shouldn't judge them by the way they dress, but you do. It's 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 all very difficult. It is difficult to figure mm-hmm. out, but but we we were actually on the subject of the men, and why they are gratified forcing themselves on women, and that basically everybody agrees that it's because they have power over no one else at their job oh. or over men or whatever. Yes, that's always what they say is that it isn't about sex; it's about power. So look how lucky we are as a couple because people are terrified of me. So that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> They either think I'm nuts or I'm too big to mess around or something. I don't know what it is, but um, it's a good thing that that men are scared of me. Yeah, I mean, you you look at some of these uh, Instagram, you know, posts from some of these movie stars, and I mean, they're they're like, you know, very sexual. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they're Absolutely. onto the mean too, the Me Too movement. It's like. I don't know if you can have it both ways. I'm just not sure. Well, that's exactly the point everybody was making before he got here. It's like, how can you? And I'm in no way saying, well, you got it coming. That's not what I'm saying at all. Oh, you've got that coming because you like them. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, how do you justify it? Well, like I said, I I compare. These are songs. There's a song called Remember When by Alan Jackson. You guys know that song? I love that song. I cannot listen to that song without tearing up. Mm -hmm. I can't. Because he gets to the children grow up and move away, and I'm like, well, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be talking about that stuff. My right. life is a country song. Yeah, my life is in a country <laughs> song. But he talks about how much he loves his wife, but he disappointed her sometimes, and then they found solace in each other, and it's a great song. I don't want to hear, that bitch is a whore. I, what? I, I know. I don't get it. I just don't get it. I, I, not at all. But, um, oh, I wanted to ask you, Chris, God, I'm glad I thought of this. What do you think of this Katherine Heigl situation? Or Kristen Heigl. What the hell's her name? Katherine Heigl? Yeah, Catherine. Catherine yeah, Heigl. Catherine Heigl. You mean this, this non-situation? This non-situation <laughs> when she's in a cemetery and she's taking pictures around gargoyles and statues and she's got a big smile. Some people have to deal with the death of their loved ones in that manner. I don't see how she offended mm-hmm. anybody. I well, really don't. I mean, I see those pictures all the time. Yeah. You know, with Dave being in the paranormal. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's one thing that they do. They love going to cemeteries and they take pictures of gravestones with their. I mean, I don't. I didn't see anything well, wrong with well, the photo. She was. Yeah, but she was kind of like you know, pulling faces yeah, and kind of just acting she like, was. oh, I'm in a graveyard, big deal. And I guess some people really think of a graveyard as a sacred place. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, well, to me, I mean, a lot of the statues, they just look like statues. They didn't yeah, really yeah. look like a great... I mean, I've no. seen some people putting, like, the headstone with the name on it and making goofy faces and right. stuff like that. And it may not even be someone they know. I would not it's be just... offended in the least by that. I if know. you want to go to Tootsie's crypt... Context. Yeah. I just think it's context of, like, how are you showcasing these photos? What is... What is it about? Are you making fun of it? You know, you can't do it just too casually like, hey, just hanging out at the cemetery. I think people there are like, you know, it, it is a sacred place for so many people. But I, there are other reasons to be there. There's beautiful artwork there. I mean, gravestones are a piece of art in sure. many ways, mm-hmm. yeah, especially some of the older ones. They're incredible. And obviously, yep, yeah, paranormal. There's totally a reason to be there and yeah. to be possibly like promoting something because we have so many shows now shot. Um, about the um, paranormal. So, but I think with Catherine Heigl, anything she does is pretty much controversial. 
You know, it's really funny, Kristen. My mother's been dead for 10 years now, and she did not want to be buried. She wanted to be put in a crypt. And she was she's buried at a Catholic cemetery. And the crypt she picked out was a, a pretty much blank wall where she was. There was there were no other people buried in their crypts around her. Nobody. And now the last mm-hmm. time I went to visit her, she's surrounded by people with Mexican names because the only Catholics <laughs> left are Mexican. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's like white people are not are not Catholic anymore, I guess. I don't know, but God bless her. She'd like that. They're all Catholics, so you know. Yeah, the culture that likes the Crips are Italians. Yes, and, yeah, that's and, right. And when we were last in Italy, we, we our, uh, our our navigation system took us right and dropped us in the middle of a cemetery, and it was a massive cemetery where there was row after row of uh, mausoleums, Mm. and they were three to four stories tall. Oh, yeah. And that's all that was there. And there were, oh, there must have been, oh, at least 200 of these three-story buildings. They looked like apartment buildings. Really? But they were just mausoleums. So so it's like the whole family's in there? Yeah, you have the whole family, generations. I mean, a whole family, you know, you Mm -hmm. might have 50, 100 years of people in there, 200 years, some of those. That's amazing. We need to take a break. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. Kristen, we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about coming up in the next segment, okay? Okay. Thanks a lot. Be right back. Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Did you know that about 60% of people over the age of 60 are starting to experience cloudy, blurry, or dim vision due to cataracts? Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Eye Care. Whiting Clinic is best known for their fabulous LASIK results. You've heard me rave about them for years, but did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed, and I'm here to tell you about my wonderful experience having cataract surgery at Whiting Clinic. I'm at that age when my vision started to fade, so I called up the folks at Whiting Clinic. They helped me out right away. My cataract surgery was super easy, and thanks to the Whiting Clinic, my vision is top-notch once again. Whiting Clinic has the most advanced lens technology options, so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you want to learn more about your options for cataract surgery or clearer vision, attend one of Whiting Clinic's cataract seminars. Call Whiting Clinic at 855-554-2020. To RSVP today. That's 855 554 2020 to learn more about your cataract surgery options at Whiting Clinic. So, Catherine, I already pointed out to everybody on the morning show and on this show that since I've lost 77 pounds and stopped drinking caffeine, my voice has gotten a lot deeper. Yeah, what's up with your voice today? It's, it's because it's so relaxed. You sound like you were screaming at somebody. No, not at all. It's because... because As usual. <laughs> because my, I guess my vocal cords are much more relaxed than they would be when I was overweight and drinking tons of caffeine. You're, you've dropped an octave. Honestly, God, <laughs> this morning, I was telling everybody, this morning at 5.37, they go, and now, back to the KQ Morning Show, and I go... Good morning. How are you? It's really low at 5:30 in the morning. I mean, it's like 
Got a lot of great stuff coming up today. It's, uh, it's the weird. fake radio voice. Yeah, the fake. I, I, I ended up with the fake. Say, listen, man. Might start doing this and get the, get the hard ash. Listen to me. Yeah. Honey, please pass the salt. <laughs> It'll be fantastic. It'll be really, really good. You're Orson Welles. I'll be, stop yes. that. Yeah, Orson Welles. Yeah, Orson had a great voice. Doesn't he have to do anything? <laughs> one of my favorites. One of my favorites of all time. <laughs> he was the, so drunk. Oh, he was so hammered doing a, a what's the name of the champagne again? Oh, God. Oh, oh. Paul Maison. Paul Maison. Paul Maison. It's so fermented drunk. in the bottle. Oh, the French. <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. Have you ever heard that, Kristen? The old ad. Yes, when he's shooting him and he keeps kicking the cop because he's so drunk, he doesn't know he's supposed to be talking. Oh, no, I haven't heard that. Oh, it's oh, on, it's it's on, on mine. Yes, yes, it is. And it's and James Adomian, the great comedian, <laughs> does a parody of it that's as good. At one point, he's sitting there and he drags an entire chicken off the table to take home with him. <laughs> it's really funny. But Orson, you know, he's a Wisconsin boy. You know that, right? Hey, what? Was Kenosha. No, I didn't know I, that. I think he's from Kenosha, Wisconsin. I always thought he was from somewhere in Europe, but he's from Kenosha, Wisconsin, I think. Him and Liberace. Yeah, Liberace, that's right. And uh, Woodstock, Illinois is his hometown. Oh, but he was born in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah, born in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Why would Woodstock, Illinois be his hometown? It's probably right on the border. Or maybe he moved there when he was... He probably moved the back. Child. After, he probably moved back after the taxes in Illinois went through the roof. But now nah, he was living in California, so whatever. But uh, okay, Kristen. So what? What do we have as far as TV? Are there any good summer replacement TV shows on? Oh well, you know it comes out at the end of this week, and I'm really excited. Is season two of Glow on Netflix? Gorgeous oh, ladies of wrestling. <laughs> That's what it is. It's gorgeous, gorgeous ladies, ladies of wrestling. Ladies of wrestling, yes, based off the documentary, and then they made it into a fictionalized series, and God. it's fantastic. Allison Brie stars in it. I love her. Um, and season two, from what I'm hearing, is supposed to be just as good. Oh. Well, that's good. I'm th- okay, so Glow's coming back. Uh, Goliath just started again with Billy Bob Thornton, who's a wonderful guy and a hell of an actor. Um, God, what's the one with the guy? Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh God! I can see his face, and I can't remember his name though. He's a—they—they're playing detectives. There's a woman, and there's Eddie Sidrian, or it's kind of name like that. It's Eddie. Oh, C- Eddie Sibrion. Sibrion, yeah. There you go, Eddie Sibrion. Um, yeah. Have you seen um, that? Is this not? A, is it coming now? I thought it was coming in the fall, but is it coming oh, now? This oh, summer? I haven't even. No, you're probably right. Then I, I just saw promos. I assume they'd be promoting summer replacement, but maybe not. Um, oh, I have to tell you this. This this shocked me because it's the first thing of this. You are thinking of Rosewood, I no. think. No, it's Take Two. Take, no, take Two is the yeah, show yeah. with uh, Rachel Bilson. No, it's actually a summer replacement series. So it, uh, it premiered oh. Oh, it just, June 21st. So yeah, there you go. It just came out, yeah. One episode yeah. so far. Oh, so they, it, well, it is yeah. a summer replacement series. Mm-hmm. It okay. is a summer replacement. Yeah. Well, actually, they're not, they're not even calling them summer replacements anymore. No. Most networks are now operating on a year-round schedule. Yep. Some shows will be like a limited-run series during the summer, that kind of thing. But um, the days of like waiting until September for you know happy days and 
facts of life and everything else to come back on don't exist anymore. Yeah, that's very, very true. But I, uh, the Star Tribune this morning had a very interesting article, and, and I've been talking about this on the air for a couple of years, and I do really sincerely believe that broadcast TV, radio, uh, and newspapers will disappear in the next 10 years. I really do think that's going to happen. Mm. Maybe it'll become retro and it'll become cool again. Like vinyl? Like vinyl. Yeah, yep. well, maybe like vinyl is a possibility. But there was an article. I bought in... a record player. Oh, yeah. Did you? Yeah, um, we have a record player. We buy vinyl all the time. We have a record player upstairs. We do? <laughs> I didn't know that. turntable up there, yeah. Uh, I might have tossed it. Well, I guess we don't have the turntable anymore. <laughs> now, why, why, why the vinyl? Because it sounds better. No, it doesn't. It does I sound think, better. It I think incredible. it does. Andy, Andy's disagreeing vehemently. Have you, have you done blind uh, blind listening? Double blind listening? You play one mm-hmm. in each ear? What's that? Well, you just you play... Well, I mean, the problem with double blind there is it's very obvious to tell what, when something is vinyl because all that popping and stuff doesn't exist in any other right. format. That's exactly right. It's true. So anyway, this article appeared in the Star Tribune this morning. And it said the article, the headline, the article was, forget TV, the best true crime stories are podcasts. Mm. I, yes. man, I did not see that coming yet. I saw it down the line coming, but now they're already saying, forget watching television. Don't even watch television anymore. Well, you know, what's been interesting is that, and if you follow this, I love Dateline, one of my favorite yeah, shows. It's, it's I love show. true crime series. And... A lot of the shows are a lot of the cases that uh, 48 Hours and Dateline have covered um, are now being made into either podcasts, like if the story hasn't yeah. you know, sort of wrapped up or if it's like an ongoing mystery. Or like Netflix has a documentary right now that a lot of people are watching called The Staircase, which is an right. Like a, right. Yeah, a lot of people are watching it. You'll see it a lot on Twitter, people discussing each episode. Um, and now they've come up with CrimeCon. I think they just had their second one. Third one's going to be happening next year. Everyone who's so obsessed with all these true crimes, like, come and they get to meet all of their idols from 48 Hours and yeah. Line and get to talk about ongoing cases. And in fact, here in L.A., um, my friend and I are obsessed with a case about the publicist, Ronnie Chasen, very well-known publicist, who was, like, randomly shot in the middle of Beverly Hills and the Beverly Hills police say it was some random transient who shot himself eventually, but he was on a bike. And I was like, that doesn't oh, make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a case that we're like, we want someone to grab this and, and try and solve it because something else happened. I would guess that JFK killed him. Thank you very much. Great to be here. I just saw about 10 minutes of a documentary on Marilyn Monroe, and they literally came out and said JFK killed Marilyn Monroe. Really? Or had Bobby, have, Bobby Killer. They have absolute evidence now. That's what they're claiming, I guess. Well, there were several empty pill bottles, like sleeping pill bottles, next to the uh, next to her bed. Yeah. But uh, when they did the autopsy, none of those drugs were in her system. <laughs> so it's like, whoa, that's not good news now, is it? But uh, Toots would be very upset. My mother would be very upset if RFK or JFK were involved in a murder. Because you got to have a Catholic president. I said, Mom, he's Catholic. He probably did murder someone. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know why the newspaper would take such a strong stance and say something like, forget TV, other than most of the true crime shows are owned by PBS, but PBS has television stations. So I don't, I don't but they probably don't do any true crime on PBS TV, do they? Um, 
I think no, they, I don't think the way that they that, like a way a forty-eight hours does or yeah. a Dateline. So they're trying more and those things run forever yeah. too because then they put them on the cable networks and then ten years mm-hmm. later you're still watching the same cases over again. Are they trying update. to bring back the idea of the shadow, things like that? The shadow. The shadow knows. Yeah, I, one thing that I've really, really enjoyed is uh, we have. We have one of the true crime television guys on the show all the time. And every time he comes on, he goes, Tom, this is Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Chris, how are you doing? Nice talking to you. <laughs> it's phenomenal. He goes right into character. That's cool. Oh, he does. He goes right into character. And I, I really like Chris Hansen. He does a good job. But uh, Tom, this is Chris Hansen. <laughs> I'm Chris Hansen with the I'm, Line NBC. Yeah. I'm Chris Hansen on the KQ Morning Show. Yeah, that's good. But um, so, okay, so I just still don't understand why a newspaper would take such a strong position against TV. I could see that a lot of young people, are they trying to draw a younger audience to the newspaper? That's not going to happen. No, no, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's not gonna no one. That's gone. I mean, listen. I love. I used to love getting the Sunday paper, and I just cannot be bothered with all of the paper in my house yep. anymore. It's yep. just like yeah. I don't want it. I don't want to recycle it. I just don't want it here. And I, get, I, you know, I get several even industry like um, magazines, like trade mags, and they it's nice because they're complimentary and everything else. But I literally send them with my husband so he can take it to his production office because I'm like I don't want him here. I yeah. read it all online as it happens. I don't need to read it a week later. Yeah, I mean, those even newspaper websites, I notice when I go to bed at night and then I get up the next morning, it's the exact same stories. Nothing has changed overnight unless a major figure died. It's nothing changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's This is really old news. Why would I want to read this? I know. Unless, unless there's something. I go to Twitter. I feel like they update their Twitter sites faster than they um, actually update that what's on the front page, on the home page yep. of like an LA Times or something like that. Yeah, right. I go to I go to the Twitter and just press the search thing, and then everything that you need to know comes up. You know how old you made yep. yourself sound just now. The Twitter thing. I go to the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to defend Catherine on this one because she's actually going to Twitter to find her yeah. article. Thank so, you. But it's the welcome. Twitter. The Twitter. She said the Twitter. Well, Sorry. We're in sort of a Jewish it's area. better than her going to <laughs> the Facebook where, yeah, the Facebook. you don't really want to be at all. I went to the Facebook uh, and it was unbelievable. The Twitter thing is what I said, not the Twitter. The Twitter thing? The Twitter thing. The different search, deal. The search icon. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm sure you're, I'm sure it's all just fine then. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how the world is changing because i i always ask people that are 30 31 32 do you ever watch television and everyone says no i never watch television yeah. they just don't do it nor do i i i, I watch youtube but i don't watch uh, you know broadcast tv or cable tv it just has no interest i mean it's just yeah hot. It's well there's nothing, nothing on mm-hmm. i literally Kristen, went through 600 channels on direct tv and there was nothing to watch I mean, there are things that I would watch, but not for fifty, sixty dollars a month. That's just way too much. I yeah, think they I are kind of. I don't have cable either. Aren't they just price gouging now? <laughs> they, it seems like. Yeah, yeah. yeah I the, think they're just desperate to hang on to any customer. And they're like, who can we? Who can we want? Like, who still wants two hundred fifty to six hundred channels, and we'll pay two hundred fifty dollars a month? Right. Not me. Newspapers are an eighteen or a nineteenth-century solution to a twenty-first-century problem. 
and cable TV as a 20th century solution for a 21st century problem. It is, it is just past. Mm. I mean, it, we're we're things have changed, and it's it's so interesting just how how much as a culture we cling to having pieces of paper or yeah. you know a newspaper, yeah, where it's, it's a huge waste of natural resources because you have to not only you know process the pulp but then you got to schlep this stuff around once you've mm-hmm. printed it schlepping i know but then you think well that's a whole industry and those are jobs yeah, yeah that's, that's right that's the way of things you know how that many coopers well, they, and you know <laughs> that's true ship makers and such yeah i mean they were I was, they're all out of jobs i was reading a blog barrels still i was reading a blog about san francisco where they barely any restaurants even getting to the high-end restaurants are have they don't have servers anymore no they don't you have to go get your own water you got to go to the bar to get a drink they have runners that'll come out and do it but they because well because in san francisco i'm sure a that kind of job pays like $40 an hour, well, and no restaurant can afford, can afford that. Yeah. Well, and, and also the fact that there's not any affordable housing in San Francisco no, anymore. Nobody nobody can live they there. They had a family of four. I heard this on the radio yesterday. A family of four living up in the Bay Area um, making $117,000 is considered poverty level there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why people is, live there. Is it all because of either. the tech industry? It's, it is 100% because of the tech industry, and we are finding the same thing starting here. Um, it, we have what is called Silicon Beach because a lot of the tech companies have uh, moved or opened offices here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So in and around the Playa Vista, Santa Monica area, because it's all you know out by um, the beach there, it's becoming completely unaffordable. And Santa Monica has always been expensive, but like he's been always been able to live like in Venice or in Playa Vista, just outside of it. And now that's becoming the same situation as the Bay Area. That's interesting because as liberal as the politics are in California, here in Minnesota, you can't build anything without putting affordable housing in or yeah. you're not going to get a yeah. building permit. No, yeah, you're just not You allowed. have to dedicate a certain amount of the building mm-hmm. to affordable housing. All right. We'll be right back. Part three, hour one, right after this. More with Kristen Burt, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special, which includes two premium my pillows and two go anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first my pillow. If you already know how great the my pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. This is Tom, and I want to tell you a story about camping. A guy named Tim, his back pain, and his angry wife. You see, Tim went camping with his family, but he aggravated his recurring back problem a couple of days before when he was golfing with his buddies. His wife had to set up the campsite and do all the heavy lifting, and Tim couldn't do a whole lot with the two kids. Tim was not a happy camper. And neither was his wife. The following Monday, Tim's wife got him an appointment at Hopkins Health and Wellness Center, a DMR method clinic. Their team of physical therapists and chiropractors figured out what was really wrong with his back, quickly got him out of pain, and taught him how to keep it from coming back. And what did Tim say was the biggest benefit of finally handling his back problem? 
Happy wife, happy life. DMR clinics are a group of physical therapists, chiropractors, and allied medical spine specialists that can help you feel better fast. They have a 96% success rate. It's covered by insurance, and you don't need a referral. They have convenient locations in Hopkins, Woodbury, Rogers, and Blaine. For a free consultation, go to dmrmethod.com. That's dmrmethod.com. Oh my God! I just saw a headline here. It's not—it's uh, not good for the Judd family. Winona Judd's daughter Grace sentenced to eight years in prison. What? What, what did nice. she do? Do you know, Kristen, what she did? Is Kristen there? She should be. Kristen. Hello, hello, there, there it is. Hello, you, you guys are. cut out. Are you there? Okay. What'd, what'd you go I'm out? sorry, who did you say? Did you go grab a drink or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it, I cut out. I couldn't hear. <clears throat> it's 10.30 in the morning. You're already boozing it up. She was in a oh, drug God. recovery program, but then violated her probation to leave it. Unbelievable. Country who music. Who are we talking about? When uh, Grace Pauline Kelly. Grace Kelly. Heather Locklear. Well, oh, yeah, she's in trouble oh, again, too. Oh, she's got major problems. Winona Judd's daughter yeah. has been sentenced to prison eight years. Eight years in prison. Country music star Winona oh, Judd's 22-year-old daughter has been sentenced to eight years in prison. On June 25th, Radar Online reported that Grace Pauline Kelly, Winona's daughter with first husband Arch Kelly III, will be locked up at West Tennessee State Penitentiary because she broke probation in a meth case when she left a recovery program in two, uh, 2017. Her probation was revoked on February 8, 2018. A spokesperson for Tennessee's Williamson County told Radar Online she was sentenced to serve eight years in federal prison. Wow. That's not good. Yeah, but she's also eligible for parole in one, so I mean. Oh, she's eligible? Is she really? Yeah, and she'll get it. She'll be out. One year's nothing. 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 One year hard times, nothing. Man. can't imagine being incarcerated like that in Ooh, a federal prison. Catherine, hmm. you'll like this. I will? Yeah, I think so. Uh, the story, MSN's trying to bring the story up right now. It's taken forever. But, well, you uh, probably have 14 ads to wade through before you actually get to the story. Mm-hmm. Rand Paul, or excuse me, Paul Ryan, calls on Maxine Waters to apologize for the things I she said. I think she should be fired. She if should you, be Can fired. you fire a representative? Yeah, you can, you can ask him to step down. Absolutely. I mean, she should yeah. absolutely step down. She's She sounds like a ranting, raving She's lunatic. She is literally insane. I Even think it's Nancy Pelosi, protocol. who is the most liberal person and the most anti-Republican person on the planet, it's really funny, is, not, is condemning what she says. The one... Oh, there it did. It finally popped up. What do you know? It's on CNN. It's on CNN on top of it. House Speaker Paul Ryan blasted Democratic Rep. Maxine Waters on Tuesday, saying she should apologize for calling on those who oppose the Trump administration's policy that has resulted in family separation to harass members of the administration in public. There is no place for this, Ryan, a Wisconsin Republican said at a news conference. She obviously should apologize. He said her comments are dangerous for... There's no question. She'll never this, do it. Ralphie, you'll remember this. This is exactly what people were telling, uh, what politicians were telling people in the late '60s, and what happened? People started getting murdered. Yep. Yeah. It, you could, you could, when you start, uh, per, per, if we start doing social violence, 
it's a very uh, slippery slope to oh, yeah. physical violence and rioting, mm-hmm. and uh, it's, it's a bad, bad thing. Well, look at the softball team. Yeah. You know, they open, open fire. fire on a, a Republican softball team. And, and, yeah. and, and, and the person that can really really do wonders for this is can would be barack obama yep. he would just if he would just stop and say hey no 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 wrong answer there this no. is not the way to deal with this sort of problem but he jeopardized all those hundreds of millions of dollars he's going to make so he'll never do that well, he shouldn't jeopardize all you don't have to say he likes trump he just, you just say hey this I is know. not we, we can do we can't do this you can't be you can't be socially violent to people because they yeah. will react it never no, turns true. out good that is true. Over the weekend, Waters called on her supporters to publicly confront and harass members of the Trump administration, administration in response to the zero-tolerance policy that led to the separation of families at the border. Let's make sure. Again, I would like to point out, I, as a child, through my teen years, into my 20s, witnessed people being arrested in my neighborhood, and the children were taken off to, to uh, what the hell were they Child called? services. Yeah, child Foster services, services. Right. services. Foster homes and child services. I mean, I saw children being separated from their parents all the time when I was a little boy. So how is this different? I don't understand that. Well, I think the, I, I think it's the length of time that everybody was having such a problem with. What and the fact that these uh, a lot of people want open borders. They don't want these borders. You really want open borders so all the yeah, drugs yeah. in the world are going to end up here. That is definitely what they this want. This place will be a drug den, one gigantic 48-state drug den is what this will be. Unbelievable. I, I don't, you know, I live here in California. I'll, I'll speak for some of California. I don't think people want open borders like that. I think people want... <laughs> uh, first of all, you need. First of all, you do need some sort of law and order. Yep. Um, the yep. entire immigration system is a hot mess, but yep. I also yes. think that we don't necessarily need the Trump administration handling it the way they're handling it. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And I think that a lot of people feel that the administration sort of, I understand that he's like, look, I'm going to do something that no other president has done. And I'm going to like shut the borders and, you know, draw a hard line on this. But there has to be a little bit of humanity as a president to some of this. And I think that people feel that the well, humanity has completely exited well, from it. Well, the act that causes all of these things was done in the Clinton administration. It was the Flores, no I one, believe, yeah. uh, bill that passed into a law that, that did all this family stuff and how it was done. And then... Barack Obama just basically said, we're not going to do any of that. But who, what, you know, there are safe havens in Central America. And a lot of these people who are coming across the border are from Central America. There's a, there are safe haven countries there. Why don't they just go to those countries so they can get away from the violence in their country rather than taking mm-hmm. their children on, uh, on, how long of a trip is it? Is it a 15 yeah. or 2,000 mile trip up, people through, die. up through Mexico? That's dangerous. Yes. So, so parents that are doing that, really, uh, you have to question what, you know, their, well, you know, their parenting skills or their it, parenting yeah. choices. Are you so desperate? I don't know. And this is the other thing. I don't live in a desperate situation. I don't live in a desperate country, per se. So, I mean, we might be desperate of what's happening in our country, but, you know, we get up every day and we're able to get food on our table and we've got a roof over our heads. I don't know what it's like to walk in their shoes. And are you making, when you're in such a desperate situation, do you then start making irrational decisions of like, I'm just going to go here instead of maybe going, you know, to a safer part of my own country? Well, and a lot of them are also preyed upon by people that are profiting off of getting them to a safer place. And and the other part of this is that they, they are not, 
they are trying to escape. They say they're trying to escape the violence. They can escape the violence by, by going 50 to 100, 200 miles to go into the other kind of right. safe havens in Central America. They are trying to – they are coming to America because America is a better place to live. You have better yes. economic opportunities. Right. That's exactly the same yeah. situation that happened in Syria. The people in Syria could have gone to Turkey. They could have gone to Jordan, and then many of them did, just to get away so that they're safe, their families are safe. Now, the living conditions may not have been good, but they were safe. They're away from the violence. No, they want to go to Europe. They want to go to Germany. They want to go to places where they have a welfare state and where they have more of a, an opportunity for uh, jobs and to sure. work. Wouldn't they you? are economic refugees. Mm-hmm. They're not political refugees. Sure. And they could go to Saudi Arabia. There's a thousand places they could go, which would be friend- friendlier culture-wise, that they just don't want to because it's not that good. Well, I agree. But, I mean, if you were going to pack up and move, wouldn't you rather go to someplace that has economic advantages? I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it. You might as well do it and take yeah. all those risks of dying and things like that. No, that's – once again, you're not looking at the risks associated with it. Going to someplace like Jordan or is, is, is not as risky as trying to get across the Mediterranean in a boat that's leaking. I agree, but I don't think a lot of people don't think that far in advance. No, or okay. they're told, or they're told if you give me seven thousand dollars, I can take I'll care get of you there. We also correctly. don't walk in their shoes. We don't walk in their shoes. Like sure. I, you know what I mean? Like I think sometimes, like when you get into a situation and you finally are like, oh, and now I understand why my friend made that decision because I'm now in the same situation and I get why she did something that seemed irrational. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think that, again, we're lucky. We have, And we can see yeah. the clarity of it going, why would you do this to yourself? But then again, we're not in a situation where, what if you had to pack up at a moment's notice? Or what if things were escalating we did. at such a fast pace? When I was a child, we did. We got kicked out of several houses for non-payment of the rent. And we're given 24 hours to get out with nowhere to go. Somehow my mother, mm-hmm. by herself, with seven kids, figured out how to get that done. With no money, by the way. She had no money. We had no money. So she figured it out, this lone woman. She was a tough woman. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I want you guys to identify who said this. And you don't get to vote because you can see the screen. Okay. Don't try cheating, Cass. <laughs> who said Cheat. Cheater. Uh, who said this? I strongly disagree with those who advocate harassing folks if they don't agree with you. If you disagree with a politician, organize your fellow citizens to action and vote them out of office. But no one should call for the harassment of political opponents. That's not right. That's not American. Who said that? Maxine Waters? Nope. No. God, well, no. I mean, you know, I'm saying... Another Democrat. Maybe she's a hypocrite. Which she... Democrat? Mm. Is it Nancy? It was do, not... we, nope. do we get Schumer? Exactly. You looked Schumer. it up that quickly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's the first thing I've ever agreed with him on in his, on his Twitter feed. <laughs> first thing. I was like, wow, he actually said something rational because he's also a hate monger, crazy guy yeah, on Twitter. Everybody is. I mean, Donald Trump can't shut up. I wish he would get the hell off of Twitter no, and if, shut if up. If you follow these high cabinet God. people high in the, in, the, in the political food chain, there, a lot of them are just ranting, raving lunatics on Twitter. No. Kristen, I will yep. tell you this. Last week, I was invited to go up to Duluth, Minnesota, and meet the president, and I passed. I don't have. Any, I don't care about politicians. I don't want to know any of them. I am fed up with all politicians. I really am. Can I ask? I want to ask. Was that really Kevin McHale in the audience? <laughs> yes, it was Kevin McHale in the audience at the rally. Yep, it yes. absolutely it, was. 
Oh boy, great! And it's hard a lot of people were like, "I'm I'm I'm canceled as a, a Boston Celtics fan." Oh God, <laughs> yeah, blame the Boston Celtics for what Kevin McHale does. I, I, no, I love the '80s Boston Celtics. Oh, me don't, too. Don't you worry. Me too. I just wish that somebody would step up and just freaking fix this immigration law once and for all. We have a Congress. We yeah. write to our Congress. Our Congress people say, "Hey, t- sort this out." Just figure, yeah, fix just it. fix this. Well, this is ridiculous. As, as long as fifty percent of them profit from something right. that the other fifty percent don't profit from, then that's the problem. There's just no way. Well, yep. and the 100%. problem that I see is there's two sides to this immigration coin. The right just talks about the violent, uh, you know, keeping the crime out and everything else, and then the Democrats are just talking about how awful splitting families up and okay, well. We know both those are going on, so we need to figure out, um, like, there's no middle ground. It's either one way or this way, and I just... the problem with politics. You know, it's come up with solutions. That's all you have to do. Isn't that what they're elected to (laughs) do? Yes. And they just refuse to do it. They just bicker back and forth. It's just, it's baffling to me. It's childish and unproductive. Um, they don't do their jobs. None of them. No, they Ugh. don't. I have to throw this story at you because this is another thing. When you make really big judgments like um, on the food chain, uh, as an example, uh, tr- think about trying to live today on the income you had 15 years ago. That's how agricultural expert Chris Hurt describes the plight facing U.S. farmers today. The suicide rate in the field of farming, fishing, and forestry is 85% per 100,000 people. 85%. I don't believe that. I think more... he means 85 per 100,000. Oh. 85% of farmers kill themselves? Yeah, you're right. It's probably that doesn't eight, make any sense. That's But it's, still, yeah, that, it's uh, still one out of every 1,100 farmers. So that's, that's a lot of damn people. More than five times that of the population as a whole. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. That's terrible. Farming is not easy. No, and, and everybody's and turned against you, them yeah. now. Yeah, everyone's turned against them now. Yeah, because because you use chemicals, you're using uh, carbon, you're making carbon dioxide, uh, you're using uh, GMO products. I mean, on yep. and on and on. I mean, it, it, no one, everybody hates the the, the, um, the worldwide farmer, but that's how you eat. And I mean, people have just have been um, have dissociated with themselves from the production of food. They really don't know where food comes from. They like don't. some kids, yeah, when they're true. shown that there's an, uh, an apple on a tree, they go, geez, I thought they came out of plastic bags. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. They have that disconnect. Farmers are killing themselves in staggering numbers because they have no mm. future, and everybody hates them now. Isn't that terrible? Just it, I, This world has just gone crazy. Sad. It is just sad. It really is. Can you imagine people hating Larry Levine, my uncle? Oh, God, he was the nicest man of all time. You could not possibly hate him. So they hate them because of the chemicals that they use? Because they grow and... cattle, because they you know, try well, yeah, to Yeah, it's sell. like, you know, vegans hate them because they uh, raise animals, and organic types hate them because they use pesticides. And um... Hate Monsanto, not the farmer. I agree, Monsanto. Hey, Cargill has done more to harm the food industry than any company in the world, haven't they? And, and they're they based run right the, here. Yeah, and they run the world here. They yeah. do. Well, it's, it's close to a cartel. Mm-hmm. It is very close to a cartel. All right, young lady, another hard week on the Tom Bernard Show for Kristen Burt. <laughs> it was wonderful. I will see you guys in two weeks. Looking forward okay. to it. Happy Fourth of July. Happy, Happy Fourth of July too. to you. Thanks.
We Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you. Matter of fact, I want to talk about the 4th of July when we come back. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Tom Bernard Show.